Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would. And that's why I created your first 100 leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, this is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 leads training, and James, I gotta say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete, and the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much, and I'll see you there. Everywhere you turn, people are talking about the great resignation. To me, this means two things. There are an abundance of new small businesses, 4 million in 2021, according to score.org, which is the organization that mentors people who receive SBA loans. So that means there's 4 million new business applications that the SBA even knows about. And number two, as an employee, you have leverage to negotiate different circumstances while you build your bookkeeping business, which we touched on last week with my guest, Neil. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to that after this one. Now, who should start a firm? It's not just a matter of getting a laptop and setting up shop at a Starbucks, which I did hear the guys on the Cloud Accounting Podcast say, and I just had to chuckle to myself. There's a little more to it. You have to decide, are you wanting to be a freelancer and still operate as the technician, or are you trying to build something bigger than you? You don't have to decide right away. In fact, I encourage you to dip your toe in and start small to test things out. So today, I'm going to talk about how to do that. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Let's get into how to start a bookkeeping business. Step one. I want you to join Upwork.com. I want you to build a profile and set up some saved searches related to your skill set. Showcase your accomplishments in the roles that you've held. Are you comfortable with AP and AR? Look for those keywords. Are you or were you a controller and want to try doing that part-time? Save that search. Are you an expert in QuickBooks Online or want to be? Save a search on QuickBooks Online or QBO as a keyword. Step two. 
apply daily and get a practice client. I'm not going to make this an episode about how to get clients on Upwork since I teach that in the Bookkeeping Business Accelerator, but this is how I got my first chunk of clients. And I know many other bookkeepers and accountants who started out on Upwork or still use it, even for fractional CFO services. There's an art to getting good clients on here, but even if you get a not great client on here, it's great experience and will give you clarity on the types of businesses you do want to work with or don't want to work with. Everyone needs a practice client, even if you have years and years of experience, because undoubtedly you're battling with the feelings of, am I experienced enough or do I know enough to help small businesses? The best way through that is jumping in and figuring it out. After your first practice client, you will have built up confidence and clarity on moving forward and looking for more clients. A small warning though, (laughs) notice I'm not giving you the option of opting out of this and thinking it's not for you yet, because you are likely to get some terrible clients at the beginning, especially if you're coming at it with desperation. So don't make the decision quite yet. Sometimes having a bad client can disguise itself as you not knowing how to do your job when in reality, you took on a client that needed more than you had the time to give them or had complexities about their business, but they didn't give you the information that you needed to be able to complete the job or even understand how to handle it. So you're not allowed to give up in step two. What you should do instead is evaluate what went wrong. Ask yourself the question, if I were doing this same work for someone with a different style or personality, would it have been a success? Did I have all the information I needed from the client to make this a successful job? Then tuck that failure into your back pocket and use it to help you screen clients in the future or to ask better questions and get commitments from the clients or to shore up your contract, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Step three, decide to keep going. If you're now at the point where you've gotten a client or two under your belt, the decision is now, do I want to keep being a freelancer on Upwork or am I ready to create more of a business? If you're ready to go in that direction, it's time to sit down and set some intentions or some goals. Number one, How much money do you need or want to make? Number two, what type of client do you want to work with? I'm not talking industry, although if you have one in mind, that's helpful. During your practice client phase, you likely will gain clarity on certain values that you need to make sure that you and your clients are aligned on. Write those down and write down your deal breakers. Number three, do I want to focus on a single software? My recommendation here is to make this decision or to decide when you will narrow that down. It will keep your business so much more simple if you just decide on one software to provide bookkeeping services. If so, now is a good time after you've been working in it for a bit to go ahead and get that software certification, but not because it will help you get clients. I want you to get the certification so that you know that you're using it to its full potential and can help improve your process. And so you can have the benefits that come along with them, usually like a partner dashboard, software discounts, and other perks. If you've decided to keep going, it's time to make things legit. So step four is to make it legit. I'm going to go through a series of bullet points here 
In the show notes, there is a link to actually download this as a checklist and it goes into way more detail. So I encourage you to do that. You can also go to ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash checklist. All right, let's get into it. Number one, create an engagement letter. You'll fine tune this when you realize you should have had something in writing. But if you're a member of the AICPA or have insurance, which I'll talk about in a sec, you'll have access to templates and that's a great starting point. Number two, set up your LLC. You don't need to create an S-Corp or C-Corp at this point. You could even just be a sole proprietor if you wanted and change to an LLC later. That's what I did. I decided when I hit a certain revenue number, I'd then become an LLC. You don't need a lawyer to do this if you're a single member LLC. Now, if you're going to be doing a partnership or structuring it in a C-Corp or an S-Corp way, you definitely do want a lawyer. But if you're just going to be a single member LLC, go to your Secretary of State website where you're located. Don't be doing this like Delaware LLC stuff, okay? If you're not in Delaware, don't sign up there. (laughs) Register where you're actually located. And there's usually a very good straightforward instruction checklist for your state on what you need to look at and where else you need to register. So make sure that you check for all of your other local licenses you might need to operate. Some places, I think in Orange County or LA County, you have to register as a home-based business. It's a separate type of business license. So just check for those things. Number three, (laughs) you might be asking, wait, what about my name? I need to figure out a perfect name for my business. And I hear you, Miss Perfectionist. If you have a name, great. You don't need this pep talk. If you're unsure and have no ideas, go listen to episode number six of the Pro Advisor Marketing Podcast for ideas on how to come up with a name for your business. Or, (laughs) a little more tough love here, you can just decide that the name, like a website, is just an excuse that's holding you back. You can use your own personal name and do a DBA later, which is a doing business as, later if you want to do that or do a name change. It's not that complicated. When I started out, I started out as Serena Shoop CPA, and then I changed to Shoop CPA as a DBA, and then I changed (laughs) because I wasn't even an LLC yet. I just created a DBA. Also, if you're a sole proprietor and you are operating with your name in most places, you don't really even need to register anything. If you're using your own name that's on your birth certificate, you don't have to register that. And then when I created my LLC, I was Serena Shoop LLC. And then I went through a name change and decided to do a DBA under that. And so I changed into, of course, bookkeeping. And let's be honest here, I still have like, "Mm, do I want to keep that name or change it? And it's like, it's, it doesn't matter, people. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) Just pick something and go. Don't let that hold you back. And don't let that be the reason that you're not registering your LLC and you're not going out there and getting clients. It's such a small piece of it. Okay, number four, create an EIN. Even if you aren't an LLC, you can get an EIN and I highly recommend it. It's free on the IRS website and this is something you'll likely need to guide a client through at some point, so it's great practice. Number five, open a dedicated bank account and start using your software of choice for your own books. We preach it to our clients, so you've got to walk the talk. And y'all know I'm going to plug Relay for this one, right? So there's a link in the show notes. Please, pretty please, use my link to sign up if you decide to sign up with Relay. It's super easy. And yes, it's an affiliate link, so I will get a small commission. 
you will have to have your LLC set up first for a business account or your paperwork of your like DBA if you're operating as your own business, right? So you have to have some sort of paperwork that signifies you're a business. So whether it's a business license, if you're a sole proprietor or something. So number six, get business insurance. (laughs) That is for accountants or bookkeepers. Scroll back and listen to episode 23, where I interview Jock Walls, the owner of Risk Desk. He's an insurance broker who works mainly with professional services like bookkeepers and accountants. Please don't skip this once you have clients. I got insurance as soon as I landed my very first client on Upwork. I didn't wait until I had my LLC or multiple clients. I got insurance as soon as I had one client and knew I could pay for it. And it's a necessary business expense, okay? All of these steps on making your business legit, like I said, are laid out in more detail on a free download I've created just for you. And you can get your copy at ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash checklist or from the link in the show notes. All right, let's move on to step number five. This is the last one. Step five is grow. You're like, what the heck, Serena? Give me something more tangible. Once you've got things in place and are starting to feel a little more legit, it's time to start figuring out your next move. Where will you get more clients? How will you price? Are you still a little overwhelmed with the tech? Are you still struggling with imposter syndrome? I help with all of these questions in my various programs, but if you're listening to this in real time, I'm going to invite you to join me in the Bookkeeping Biz workshops as your next best step. It's a great way to figure out if you'd like working with me as your mentor before making a huge commitment. So go to bkworkshops.online. The link is also in the show notes. I know you really wanted more tangible steps in step five on what you should do next, but it just depends on what your goals are and where you want to take things. And that's why I invite people into my programs to have guidance. So if you're interested in working with me, the BK workshops are going to be a great next step for you. Now, next week on the podcast, I'll be talking you through some of the fears that I help people through when starting their businesses. So make sure you tune in there as well. And we'll be actually dropping a bonus episode too, but that topic is a surprise. As always, I hope this episode was helpful. And if you enjoyed it, I'd appreciate if you went to Apple Podcasts and rated and reviewed the show. Tell me what you think, share the episode with a friend or a coworker who's in accounting. And I'm so grateful that you tune in each week to hang out with me. Talk to you soon. Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shoup. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Be ambitious.